next. Rethinking Heroes. All that to say, just wait. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Carrie Harrison here with your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing, an update on national defense news and stories affecting service members and veterans. A member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard is in a world of trouble this week after the FBI arrested him for purportedly leaking top secret documents. Airman First Class Jax Texiera is a 21-year-old cyber transport systems journeyman. That's military speak for classified systems IT guy from the New England state. Authorities arrested him at his mother's home in North Dighton, near where he worked at an Air Force National Guard base on Cape Cod. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the arrest, saying it went down, quote, without incident. Well, the leaked documents summarized U.S. intelligence and military an analysis, and they covered everything from the war in Ukraine to geopolitical details in allied countries and more. The docs burst onto the scene last week and journalists from organizations like the New York Times, Washington Post and Bellingcat quickly tracked down the source, an obscure online chat server called Thug Shaker Central. Well, Thug Shaker Central used Discord, a popular social media platform with gamers and young people that allows them to create and control access to their own online communities. Most are harmless, but this one wasn't. Texiera, who allegedly went by OG on the server, was purportedly its unofficial leader. The teens and young men there bonded over war video games, guns, and racism. He allegedly shared classified info with his friends there for months, with former server members saying Texiera did this to impress them and keep them informed about the world. But one member eventually circulated the documents outside the group, which then led them becoming widely known. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, said Texiera will make a federal court appearance soon in Boston. Well, in other news, the new watchdog report by the Government Accountability Office says that the National Guard's part-time pilots need more time at the controls. The office analyzed nearly a decade of arms and Army and Air Force data. It revealed that the National Guard has a better safety record than their active duty counterparts. But at the same time, the report said many of the crashes that the National Guard does have are because of pilot error and could be prevented with more training or better safety practices. Getting part-time pilots into the air is hard. Well, it turns out many of them have civilian jobs that are hard to work around sometimes, and you have to find funding to pay them. And their air crew and their maintenance crews and the coffers run dry annually. Pilots balancing civilian lives and careers also struggle to work around maintenance problems, too. Meanwhile, the handful of National Guard pilots who are full-time guardsmen fly often, leading to disparities in skill and experience levels between pilots in the same units. The impact? Well, the National Guard's pilots aren't flying their required minimum hours most years, and even fewer of them are reaching the proficiency required to do their jobs outside of training, such as for combat or for rescues. Watchdog officials also pointed at problems standardizing safety practices and difficulty coordinating between states. Military leaders are largely committed to fixing these problems as much as resources allow, all that in response to this report. Apparently, Congress is watching too. Look at that. Congress awake and watching too. 
Senator Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, released a letter this week saying he's willing to help ensure that the Guard gets whatever resources it needs to fix these problems. Continuing on our National Guard and FBI theme on Rethinking Heroes, a reported member of the Tennessee Air National Guard is also in trouble after he sent his resume to rentahitman.com. Seriously. Well, the problem? Seriously. The website is a fake created by a tech industry employee years ago as a white hat hacking service. But when that effort fell short, the tech employee refashioned the site into a parody one that advertises murder for hire as a joke. When he receives a request or a submission to the site's careers page, he calls the FBI. And according to a federal indictment, here's how it played out. Earlier this year, a 21-year-old man sent a resume to the site highlighting his, quote, rifle experience and military experience. The airman nicknamed himself Reaper in the document and feds say pumping up his marksmanship, marksmanship experience. Well, he told the site's owner that he was excited for possible employment because of his military service, saying, quote, what I can say, I enjoy doing what I do, so if I can find a job that is similar to it, such as this one, put me in coach. Unfortunately for our aspiring hitman who followed up numerous times on his application, the interviewer who met up with him was an undercover FBI agent. After several meetings and calls, during each of which the agent told him he could back out, the applicant reiterated that he wanted the job. So earlier this month, when the man finally accepted the money up front for a fictional target, the feds arrested him as soon as he walked away with the money. After his arrest, the guardsman said he had been planning to tell the undercover agent that he'd changed his mind and was going to leave the $5,000 cash on the curb right next to his car. Uh-huh. Special thanks to the Military Times' Davis Winkie and military veterans and journalism for assembling this flash briefing. From Los Angeles and beyond, I'm Carrie Harrison with Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh. With me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. And it is about nine minutes past the hour. Carrie Harrison with you, your new best friend. Don't forget that we here on Rethinking Heroes have done the unimaginable, the impossible. We have wrestled a pharmaceutical company to its knees, put our foot on its neck, and they agreed. Why? Well, because there are some live humans in that industry, not many, but a few, who are becoming enlightened. That is a teaser for what's coming up later in the show. Enlightened people who do a full turnaround, a full mea culpa, and actually set out and truly help the world. The same tricks of their trade that brought the world down, when reversed, when inverted, can do extraordinary good. And we're going to hear from one such person in a minute. But let me tell you about our Rethinking Heroes card. It's super easy. And if you're listening to KPFK, you are qualified to get it. How much does it cost? Nothing. Well, uh, 
should you have to pull out a credit card? Nope. Uh, do they want your intimate information? Nope. Does it ever expire? Nope. And you get up to 90% off your medications. If you're an American citizen, you live in the land of e pluribus unum, the land of whatever it is today, nowadays as we all see it, you pay. Boy, do you pay. If you're sick and really sick and you're a veteran and you don't have $800,000 to get a hip replacement because that your hip problem is not directly connected to your military service, so the VA won't cover it, and you have to pay out of pocket just like all the rest of us. I know. What? What? I thought it was all free. Oh, no, it's not. But this is a workaround for you, for your medications, for all of our medications. Imagine up to 90% off. No questions asked. All you have to do is go to RethinkingHeroes.com. It's a free digital download. That card for you right here, right now. Tell your friends, tell everyone, tell the planet. The more people that use it, the more people that save money. And saving money, if, if that's all we can do here, because you, you, the listener, you, who have been with us here on KPFK, here on public radio for years and years, giving, 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 because you need this information, because you know it will be found nowhere else, we find ways to give back to you. So it's not a one-way street, because it does feel like that a lot. I mean, let's face it. Uh, in other countries, public radio is funded through people's taxes. Why? Because it is a public benefit, like having a fire department, like having street lamps, like having things every single person actually needs. Likewise, public radio is considered part of the educational platform and is therefore comfortably funded, but not in the U.S., though it was, though it is still in tiny little dribs and drabs, but our current government is doing everything it can to pull that plug at the speed of light. So if we can give back to you for giving to us, we will. Just go to RethinkingHeroes.com, download your free card, spread it around. If you don't have a, a color printer or a computer, you can go to a public library. And there it is for free at RethinkingHeroes.com. You can give KPFK a big kiss on the cheek for that one. And Rethinking Heroes, because we went out and we made this happen. And there will be lots more to come. Okay, I want you to support KPFK. If you could read between the lines of everything I just said, you can give back to us too so that we can keep giving to you vis-a-vis -vis information, vis-a-vis -vis truth. Because if we're not here doing it, I mean, I think we all remember uh, the great Reinhold Niemöller, I believe his name was, who said, you know, first they came for the, well, let's just say first they came for the journalists, now we don't know what happened thereafter. There it is, a whole sentence. Came for the journalists. We have no idea what happened after. Oh, yes, we do. We have history books that tell us that. So let's have some fun today. Let's blow your minds. Blow your minds with a guy who, uh, well, transformed much of the area south of here all the way down to the bottom of the planet. Um, and he admits, not in a good way, but he has fully reversed that. He is an economic hitman. We heard earlier in my newscast, uh, we talked about a guy who agreed to be a hitman for five grand to go kill someone. The FBI arrested him. Well, then there are people that do it economically. So there's no bullets necessarily flying, but people end up in debt. They can't pay it. And it is a giant thing. How does it happen? And who's doing it today? The Chinese are doing it today right in front of you, but not on the QT. 
like this guy did. Let me introduce to you John Perkins. He has rethought his life service, becoming a New York Times bestselling author known for his book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That's the original book. He's got a new one now which is the third edition where we do talk about China, we do talk about Russia, we do talk about that which is relevant to you, to me, today, right now. But in that original book in which John Perkins describes his direct role in the economic colonization of third world countries as sort of an economic hitman, and he was seduced and hired by the National Security Agency, or NSA, Mr. Perkins wrote that he worked at the behest of a cabal of corporations of banks even the United States government. Needless to say, his first book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, was met with denials and overt rebuttals by involved parties. Go figure. John's books on economics, on geopolitics, indigenous cultures have sold millions of copies in more than 35 languages and spent more than 70 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Why? Well, you're going to find out in just a second. Now, today, in this riveting third edition, just out fresh but we're making copies available for you right here autographed copies by john perkins himself when you pledge to kpfk and we're going to keep it cheap 100 bucks you get this book it is a history book it is the machiavellian manual if you're a bad person you would use it for the dark side but you're not a bad person that's why you're listening this is going to be the cure for everything going around and it's going to help explain how to navigate the almost impossible shoals of the future in which you and I live. In this riveting third edition of this New York Times bestselling title, John Perkins expands its focus to China, exposes the global corruption on an international scale, offers the much-needed solutions you and I seek not only to survive, but to flourish amidst the chaos that you and I cannot disagree exists so universally, so wholeheartedly, in such tsunamis and tidal waves that there are barely words. But there are words like, hello and welcome, John Perkins. Thank you, Kerry. It's great to be with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that that hitman gets $5,000, but you're selling my book for 100 But actually, I'm, I'm really happy that you are. <laughs> yes. Well, I think in your old life, it might have been kind of interesting. But in your new life, uh, you you give way more than you receive. And that is really the quotient of good citizenship here. And I'm going to play a video. And this is one that you recorded. It's a trailer for your book, but it kind of lays out who and what you did so that we can sculpt a nice, easy picture for folks. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to ask you 84 questions. Nine hours would pass. And, you know, as much fun as it is for you and me, let's just uh, cut to the chase and then we'll come back, talk to you. Find out about your latest book and what you and I can do about it. This is John Perkins talking about this third edition. This is the guy who, well, take a listen. The drama of empire builders to dominate their world has gone on for thousands of years. But it took a new turn in the 1970s when I was an economic hitman. They warned Vietnam, the debacle of Vietnam, pretty much proved that this could no longer be done through military forces. And so the idea was to dominate economically. And my job was to identify countries with resources our corporations wanted, like, like oil or minerals, other resources, and then to arrange a huge loan to that country from the World Bank or one of its sister organizations. The money had to go to our own corporations to build big infrastructure projects in that country, like electric power systems and industrial parks, things that benefited a few wealthy families in those countries as well as our own corporations that made big profits. But it put the countries into deep debt 
And then we basically owned them. We became part of our empire. We could dictate to them at what prices they would sell their the resources that our corporations wanted. We could tell them to vote with us at the United Nations against Cuba or something else and let us build a military base on their soil. We were extremely good at this. But now along comes China. And this new book that I've written, which is really the third edition of the Confessions of an Economic Hitman series, this one focuses on China's strategy. And China has learned from the mistakes that I and other economic hitmen from the United States made, and also from our successes. So China's have been doing a much more effective job. It's taken over much of the world. It is the number one trading partner, the number one investor in countries all over the world, Africa, Latin America, the Middle East, Asia, even Europe, even the United States. And so China has really come to dominate this whole process. They have taken this economic hitman strategy to new levels. But what's important is to understand that no matter who uses this economic hitman strategy, whether it's the United States or China, it doesn't matter, it's taking us into destruction. It's taking us to climate change, income inequality, species extinction, environmental destruction. Those are all symptoms of the death economy, an economic system that's polluting and consuming itself into extinction. And it's run by one goal alone, and that is to maximize short-term profits and materialistic consumption. That's the goal of the United States as economic hitman. That's the goal of China's economic hitman. And so what we need to understand is this has to end. We're headed toward the precipice as, as humans on this planet. We've got to turn this around. And China and the United States can disagree on everything else. We can disagree on on everything else. It doesn't matter what it is. We can fault them for what they're doing in Taiwan and Hong Kong. They can fault us for what we're doing in Iraq and Afghanistan and on and on. But let's agree that we've got to end climate change. We've got to end species extinctions. We've got to end environmental destruction. We've got to transform the death economy to a life economy. And this is where I find my book uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, third edition, to be extremely important. It's the best book and the most important one I've ever written. I'm totally convinced of this because it outlines a plan for how we can transform the death economy to a life economy. And it actually talks about how each individual can do this. It sets up a whole process whereby every reader, you, all of you, every reader, can look at what do I most want to do for the rest of my life? What'll bring me the greatest satisfaction? And how do I do this in a way that participates in transforming the death economy to a life economy? We are at an incredible time in human history. I feel blessed. We all should feel blessed. You should feel blessed that you're alive at this time where we have these huge challenges, but also an incredible opportunity to redefine, to redirect, what it means to be human beings being on this planet, this incredibly beautiful planet that we're inheriting and that we have a responsibility to pass on to future generations. We are at this incredible time in human history. Let's feel so blessed to be part of it. Thank you. Carrie Harrison with you. We are talking right now to John Perkins. He is the 
worldwide famous author, translated into 35 languages, New York Times bestseller, 70 weeks on the New York Times bestselling list of confessions of a sorry, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. You know that name and you've heard the title of this book. Why? Because it really is the template for how to get away with everything Machiavellian. It's the Third Reich on steroids. It's all of it. But it was all done on the QT in the 1970s. And John Perkins, as we offer your book, is a thank you gift for anybody that pledges $100 to KPFK. It's a very good price. You not only get this book, you get it signed and you get everything you ever wanted to know about what Ed Snowden was talking about a long time ago, seeing as the NSA were one of the seductors, seductresses, to suck, seductress, die, uh, succubi, incubi, all of that. Uh, they came after you, uh, wrapped their tentacles around you and sent you out. I would ask you first, John Perkins, what is the, why would the U.S. government want to have an economic hitman? It just seems so un-Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 just, like you said earlier in the program. After the the failure of the war in Vietnam, we 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 discovered that you know we couldn't really spread our form of capitalism around the world through military power, which was kind of the traditional way historically that empires have been built. And I want to say that this is not so much an American empire as a corporate empire that's supported by the U.S. government in many ways. <clears throat> and there's this, you know, there's this constant interchange between executives at companies and, and government agencies and so on and so forth. But after Vietnam, we, we, we realized that the, the way to go was through uh, debt, through economic control rather than military control. And that's exactly what, what I was brought in to do. So it's, you know, this whole strategy is a way of getting countries to be dependent on us, to be in our orbit, our circle. And back in my day, it was against the Soviet Union. So, you know, we were locked in the Cold War, the struggle to, to outdo the Soviet Union, to bring more countries into our orbit than the Soviets could bring into theirs. And then after 1991, uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, we became the sole superpower for, for more than two decades. Now, uh, beginning around 2012, the, the Chinese have, have emerged and their then China's economic hitmen have, have pretty much taken over in a, in a very efficient sort of way. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, rethinkingheroes.com. You can go to that website right here, right now. And as a special gift... Just because you're listening, our way of giving back, in fact, every radio station that is carrying Rethinking Heroes, our way of giving back to you, the audience at large, is for you to have up to 90% off on your medications. I know if you're in Europe listening, you're going, what is he talking about? Medications are free. What is he talking about? I can go to the doctor for free. Well, we can't. So we have to make sure we take care of each other because if we don't, no one else will. 90% off your prescriptions. It's, as, it's good across 65,000 drugstores coast to coast. And if you take blood pressure medicine, like what I think a billion of us do in the United States, well, there's only 350 million, but it feels like a billion, doesn't it? Certainly costs that much. Everything else, uh, Whatever your issue is, you probably take a pill for it. So you can most likely get a decent discount. Go to RethinkingHeroes.com. It's for free and for fun. There's no fees, no credit cards, nothing, no expiration. It is an absolute pure piece of mana for you. As we talk to John Perkins, we're talking about 
this idea of being an economic hitman. And let's just lay this out for people who might be 18 and streaming, who sort of can't wrap their head around the skullduggery, the James Bond of it all, the Jack Ryan of it all, that you went out on behalf of oil companies, on behalf of other companies, you would get countries that were not doing well and needed infrastructure, new bridges, maybe some schools, things that we all think are a great idea. You would make sure that they could get that basically a loan. And uh, then if they can't really pay back the loan, they owe, baby, they own. And you come to collect something like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it, Carrie, that we would uh, go into these countries knowing that what we really wanted was what we put, what they put up as collateral, which was their oil. Or today, it might be lithium or some of the minerals that are necessary for the green economy. Give them a huge loan. And then the loan would have to be used to hire our corporations, uh, the Halliburtons, the Bechtels, the Stone and Webster's to, to build big infrastructure projects in those countries. But, and like you mentioned, power plants, industrial parks, highways. These things benefited a few wealthy families in the country, as well as our own corporations that built them, that made huge profits off of them. But the majority of the people ended up suffering because money was diverted from uh, healthcare, uh, education, and other social services to pay the interest on the loan. And in the end, the principal couldn't be repaid. So we'd go back and say, okay, we'll give you a deal, you know, uh, give us your collateral, give our corporations your oil, basically at a very low price without environmental or social restrictions. And it was really a, a way of, of building a, a, a global empire and, and at the same time, bringing these resources home to the United States. We're looking right now for you to pledge to KPFK to keep voices like John Perkins on the air. You're not going to hear him uh, all, you know, on other radio stations necessarily. You're not going to hear him in a lot of places. Why? Because he's a dangerous bastard. Let's just call it what it is. He's awesome. He is a guy who has, who did in the past do something that you and I would roll our eyes at, but it would make for a great Netflix series. It already is. Um, but he's turned it around to help people. He's out helping indigenous people. Uh, he's out talking about climate change. He's in the Amazon uh, trying to change that around, trying to reduce the amount of forests that are getting burnt down, reduce the impact of the oil companies there. If you think the Amazon is just fun and swell and a lot of mosquitoes and it's a rainforest, look away, nothing to see there, you are dead wrong. That is being mined, it is being exploited as we speak. And the Chinese in the green economy, which sounds good, it's green, therefore it must be good, well, every battery in your iPhone, in your iPad, in your computer, computer screen, every instrument you have, that lithium comes from somewhere. And guess what? It has to be mined. And anyone in the way of that mine has to go away. We're asking for your pledge. hundred bucks. You get John Perkins' new book, Confessions of a Hitman. You get the third edition. Call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Pick up the phone right now. This is your manual. Look what Dick Cheney did and Donald Rumsfeld with Machiavelli's book, The Prince. Now, you and I were taught it in school as a cautionary tale. Don't ever do this. Bad things happen. They took it as, my God, look at this. It's all in print. Step one, step two, step three. That's what that is. This book could be that. 
if you were Darth Vader, but you're not. That's why you're listening. You're going to get an autographed copy, everything you ever need to know about how it works and who's doing what at this point, which include the Chinese, which include the Russians, which still include us. Geopolitics, where it ends, how you, you can survive all of this. Pick up the phone, call, uh, I want to say 1-800. No, it's local. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. You can also make a secure donation at kpfk.org. A hundred bucks. That's it. Signed copy of this book. This is a best-selling author. 70 weeks best-selling New York Times. 35 different languages. Why? Because it is one of the seminal books written in our lifetime. Much more than a Kardashian cat video. Trust me on that. If you want to know how to connect the dots, if you want to know how the dots are being connected around you and you suddenly find yourself strapped in and handcuffed and shackled and manacled in a gibbet rotating with crows pecking at you, how did you get there and were you asleep at the switch? Well, not probably your fault, but if you had a book like this and you chose not to get it, not to read it, well, that's on you. 818-985-KPFK, $100 donation. You're going to get John Perkins' book, Confessions of a Hitman. This is the third edition, KPFK, 818-985-5735. Pick up the phone right now, 818-985-5735, donation. You get this signed autograph book. You can cut the autograph out, put it on eBay, make another $100 back. What a good, I'm not recommending that, John. I'm just making that part up, obviously. But it's all good because it helps the common good. Let's talk for a second about what you did in the past, and then you had some kind of epiphany, didn't you? I mean, you didn't go from, like, taking down Earth to, like, building up Earth on a Tuesday because you woke up and said, you know, I don't like the taste of this toothpaste. (laughs) Well, you're right. I, You know, for most of the years that I, I did this, uh, I thought I was doing the, the right thing because in business school and uh, by the World Bank, we're taught that the way to help a poor country uh, prosper is to invest in, in billions of dollars in infrastructure like this. And you could actually show through econometric models that when you do make these investments, the GDP, the gross domestic product, increases. And everybody interprets that to mean that the country is doing better. The fact of the matter is, and I discovered this after a number of years in the business, The GDP is not a good measure. GDP measures how well the wealthy are doing, how well corporations are doing. And so really what I was selling was a a fake story that everybody's going to do better when the the economy rises, where in fact just a few families in the country were actually doing better. And I have to say, Carrie, I'm I'm glad you brought up the whole lithium uh, issue because the lithium triangle, where the most lithium is probably in the world, is this triangle of three countries, Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia in Latin America. I worked in those countries as an economic hitman, and we caused a tremendous amount of resentment. You know, in, in Chile, we, we the CIA participated in the overthrow of the democratically elected president, Allende, and, and put into power Pinochet, who was a terrible uh, dictator. Uh, we supported the brutal dictatorships in Argentina through Operation Condor, a, CIA, a huge CIA operation. And, you know, we we, we put down uh, President Evo Morales in Bolivia. And this has all come back to haunt us because now China has moved in and is controlling the lithium triangle. 
And basically, you know, China's producing roughly 75% of, of all the world's lithium ion batteries, which are necessary for all electric cars and many other things, and it's, uh, are the batteries of the future. As we want to move into this green economy, we have to understand that the United States needs to reevaluate its geopolitics, the way it looks at the world. We've got to move away from the economic hitman strategy that we've implemented. At the same time, we also have to realize that, that China's got to move away from this. You know, these two countries uh, create roughly 50, almost 50% of the world's economy and about the same amount of pollution. If these two countries can't come together and agree that we've got to end climate change, we've got to end the economic system that, that we've created a degenerative death economy and turn it into an economy that pays people to clean up pollution, to regenerate destroyed environments, to recycle, then we're really doomed. And so I think the, the most important thing in this book is, is a plea to everybody, all your listeners, to get involved. And all of us can do this in a way that will bring us each our individual satisfaction in this movement toward creating a world that future generations of all species will want to inherit. You're hearing the voice of John Perkins, and who better to tell you that there's hope and possibility than a guy who practiced not hope and not possibility with expertise. Like you can't really talk about something if you don't know anything about it. And if you know a lot about it, you can also find the solutions. You can invert it and make it work. I'm going to give another example. This is one that our listeners will understand. As you know, last week, uh, we wiped out one, Rethinking Heroes wiped out $1 million in U.S. medical debt. A million dollars in U.S. medical debt in the name of U.S. veterans. And we did that because a guy who was a former debt collector, who did very well, realized that if he just took his formula, flipped it around upside down, he could forgive debt as opposed to collecting debt. So then it became a nonprofit organization. And through that, through his epiphany, through his awareness, through his awakening, much as John Perkins here has, through that, we are now forgiving medical debt. This show, uniquely, there is no other radio show in the United States getting rid of $1 million in regular people's medical debt every single month. And it's spread across the U.S. And it's all done in the name of vets, which is why we're doing Rethinking Heroes. We are rethinking what real heroes are. And John Perkins, you fall in that category. You've not only written books like Confessions of an Economic Hitman, your first edition, second edition, and now third edition, Touching the Jaguar, the new Confessions of an Economic Hitman, hoodwinked, Love that word. It's so oldie Englishy. It's a great word. Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Again, the original, The Secret History of the American Empire, Shape Shifting, The World as You Dream It, Psychonavigation, The Stress Free Habit, Spirit of the Schwar. It goes on and on. And now we have this third edition where you lay out who's doing what, how, and how you and I can survive this. Let me just reintroduce John Perkins because he's rethought his life's service. Becoming a New York Times bestselling author known for that book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, right here, right now, with us on Rethinking Heroes, where you'll be able to see a copy of the video of this interview, including the video we played earlier of him explaining how and why he did what, is, what he did uh, simply by going to RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can also download your free digital discount card, good at pharmacies, 
coast to coast. 65,000 pharmacies where you can get up to 90% off your medications. Screw them. And we are. And I'll tell you what, without lube, it feels great giving people an awesome discount. All that you have paid into your systems and getting ripped off, we are unripping it off for you and making your life better. Go to RethinkingHeroes.com. John Perkins uh, describes his direct role in the economic colonization of the third world countries, and he told you about that and told you about the triangle right now where the lithium is being mined. And unlike when he was doing it, which was on the QT, which is very James Bond, flying around in planes, getting in cars, showing up, handshakes, little notes taped under seats. I'm sure I'm not way off here, John Perkins. The Chinese are doing it right out in front of everybody. Absolutely right out in front of everybody. But we don't know what to look for today. Is that right, John? That's absolutely right, Carrie. And you know, it's, it's very fascinating that one of the reasons the Chinese can do it this way is because uh, the Chinese government owns 50% or more in, in many of their biggest uh, corporations, including the ones that are doing the mining, et cetera. So, you know, they're not really competing with each other, these companies, because they're all working for the same end, which ultimately gives a lot of money to the Chinese government to help its people or do whatever it wants. You know, it's it's actually brought 800 million people out of dire poverty in the last 30 years, which is more than the rest of the world has done combined. Uh, and, you know, the Chinese have made terrible mistakes and then they're, they're, they're building some awful projects in parts of the world. So I'm not defending that, that whole system, but I am saying that, as you pointed out, they're much more transparent. So when they make profits in these countries, a lot of that money goes to the government to use in whatever way it wants. In, in our case, uh, many of our biggest corporations don't even pay taxes. So although they are benefiting, as you point out, from our streetlights and our, our, our fire departments and our police departments and our airports and so on and so forth, they're not contributing. So there's this huge discrepancy in the, in the ways that these two governments and these two structures, these two governmental structures uh, operate in the world. And, and I think that, you know, the Chinese structure in that instance is more efficient than ours, and it's 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 showing itself to be. Which is not to say that I would favor their government over ours. I would not at all, and I don't think most of the world would. The countries where I spend a lot of time these days. I just came back from Latin America. I'm headed to Europe soon. Uh, you know, they are buying into the Chinese trading system. They are buying into uh, China's uh, economic system. They're not buying into the government. They don't want to have the kind of government that China has, but they do want to be. They do want to partner with China in order to help develop their resources. I have kind of an interesting map here that might you can see from this that the, the red marks are, are China's trading uh, partners, and the and the and the blue ones are U.S.'s. China. Uh, I'm going to describe it a little bit, John Perkins, for those who cannot see video. Uh, and are just listening enjoyably on FM radio, a giant thunderous broadcast, largest and strongest signal west of the Mississippi, such as we are here. It's a map that shows the Chinese reach. So we're looking at China and then red lines spreading out all across Africa, all across uh, Eurasia. I mean, just really half of Earth. And then the United States, our blue lines pop out. They go over the Atlantic sort of end in parts of Europe, they touch Africa, 
They go a little bit down Central America, and that's it. So size-wise, China looks to be about double its reach. It's it's actually, Gary, almost, well, yeah, it's more than double. It's They have 124 countries versus our 56 um, as the number as where they are the number one trading partner. And that's all happened with, since 2012, 2013, when President Xi became the leader of China. So it's been very, very rapid. Um, and again, I, I want to point out, however, that their goal is essentially the same as ours, and that is to bring resources into China. It's to maximize uh, short-term cons- materialistic consumption and, and profits, however you want to define profits. And in both cases, this is taking us to disaster. These Our two countries are in a race. It's a competition the 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 goal line is disaster, you know, and and so you know what I I what the, why I wrote this third book is because unlike the other two which were published in 2014 and 2016, this third in the trilogy has come out at a time when we can see that we have to turn things around if we want to survive on a planet. Our, 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 any of us would recognize we want to pass that on to our children. We've got to end climate change. We've got to end environmental destruction. We've got to end income inequality and not just end these things, but but reverse them, turn them around by producing a life economy that will pay people. You know, we can make profits. We can pay people uh, to uh, regenerate uh, the coral reefs in the oceans and, and regenerate other destroyed environments uh, and to uh, clean up the pollution, mine all the plastics that are in the oceans, clean up pollution, pay people to recycle. You know, we've come a long way recently in solar and wind, but we still got a long way to go. I have to say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I think we're moving in the right direction. And I just want to encourage all your listeners uh, to realize that every one of us has a role to play. We're all victims of the system, but we also are collaborators in it. And we're the ones who can turn it around and we can do it by also by realizing what we most want to do in our individual lives. Very true, John Perkins. And anybody with a recent memory will recall two, not one, two tornadoes in Los Angeles. That's impossible. It just doesn't happen. It's not meant to happen. The earth doesn't plan for that to happen. It's not normal. It's not. And absent any of the discussions, Climate change. It's, oh, it's a freak, you know. I mean, tornadoes in LA. No, it's not a freak accident. This is climate change. Just like the uh, massive ocean rivers in the atmosphere or giant hurricanes in the southern part of Florida on the West Coast that scrub the tip of a state clean, wipe it clean. It's not an oops. It's not just a very angry hurricane, it happens to be Category 5. We don't see those ever, except maybe in Hollywood films made back in 2012. This is the reality of today. And if you ask any 14-year-old, 13-year-old, 12-year-old, and I just got back from Switzerland, so I'm wildly jet-lagged right now, and I do appreciate your patience, because <laughs> who knows what time it is for me. Um, I was talking to them because I'm building a radio station for kids that are between 10 and 16. Why? Because they know the truth. They know what you're talking about, John Perkins. They know that this is everything, but their voices are forbidden on television or radio in the U.S. You never put them on because they're going to say it's real. 
And that's very inconvenient. And inconvenient truths are sort of the point of your book here. It's the official story and the official belief system, but anybody else that pierces that veil is going to get in trouble. And I think that's why I love reading your stuff. By the way, it's fun to read. May I just point that out? It is not didactic. It is not, you know, this endless, it is fun because you're a fun guy. And what you have done is the the fantasy of an Amazon Prime series. Uh, But you did it for real. And then, of course, you turned it all around. We're asking you right now to support KPFK, this bastion of free speech, a place where you get to meet people like John Perkins. And we're going to be doing webinars with him upcoming where you're going to get to do Q&A, your own Q&A with him. We're also going to be releasing some audios, weekly audios, where he's going to give you the inside scoop on how stuff is done, stuff he wouldn't publish in a book, stuff he cannot do on YouTube. This is the uh, bespoke subscription-only model. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff with him because these voices are critical for all of us to survive today. Pick up that phone, call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. That's... 818-985-5735. A $100 donation gets you so much. Not only do you continue to have free speech, and remember, what you hear on the radio ends up being rendered into a podcast. This is not like when you were 10 or 15 years ago listening to the radio. If you missed it, it never happened unless someone told you about it. Every single program gets rendered into a podcast and has a shelf life of a minimum of three months. If you're on the Rethinking Heroes website, it has a shelf life of 10 years. That's long-term schooling. You can share that with others. Ad infinitum. You can share everything you're hearing about John Perkins to everybody. Educate the world. And you could do it at a cost that costs nothing. It's $100. Split that up into what it would cost every day, and it's like the cost of a half a Starbucks. At least I'm predicting in three years what a Starbucks will cost. This is the real stuff here. Pick up the phone, 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. donation saves this station, saves the only one like this. You're not hearing this on any formerly known as Clear Channel, now known as iHeart. You're not hearing this on Cumulus or formerly known as CBS or Radio.com, now known as Odyssey, whatever that means. All of this stuff. Everyone is rebranding. Elon Musk is rebranding Twitter. Not Twitter anymore. It's now called X. Why? Because it's got a bad taste and it did bad things. So we're just going to rebrand it like it never existed before. Like Time Warner Cable, which got sued for having such crap service. So it became Spectrum. Ding! Spectrum. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yes, it does. Well, enough of that. We are preventing truth decay right here, right now, and asking you to support yourself vis-a-vis this radio station by picking up the phone and calling 818-985-5735, a $100 donation. You get a signed copy of John Perkins' book, his incredible book that the original version was 70 weeks on the New York Times bestselling, translated into 35 languages. It's that same book plus more what China is doing right now, right in front of your eyes, and where it's headed and how you can survive and flourish through this, plus the hope and how real climate change is and everything else that you intuitively know is real. 818-985-KPFK, $100 pledge right now to KPFK. Pick up that phone. Please do it right now. 
And John Perkins, you do believe that there is hope. A lot of people are so cynical, so twisted, so soured, so brutalized. But I just want to touch on something, and, and we'll jump into hope. I was on a cruise ship, this is eight, nine years ago, and I was on with a former State Department guy under Ronald Reagan. And these old guys go do cruises and they give talks on cruise ships to uh, generally pretty conservative audiences. And I asked him, so really, why were we in Vietnam? I mean, seriously, why were we in Vietnam? He said, well, Vietnam makes something. I said, they make something, huh? Which speaks back to your, uh, your books, John Perkins. People who make things have reasons for us to visit, you to visit, uh, us to visit as a government. They made tin and rubber. It turns out that tin ends up as a Budweiser can, and the rubber ends up as four tires on the cars. Since we got rid of our public transportation, we all drive cars. So what a good reason to go in and get it, among other reasons. But we don't seem to hate communists, for real. Uh, for, I asked him. I said, well, Cubans are communists. Yes, they're very bad. I said, but the Chinese are communists, and we have factories there. So good communists, bad communists, please help me understand the difference. Dead air, dead air, dead air, he left. Um, I'm not completely nuts here, am I, John? No, you know, the difference, I can tell you what the difference is. <laughs> the difference is that the, 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 the Cubans, uh, you know, before Castro had Batista, and they were very supportive of U.S. businesses. So U.S. businesses made huge amounts of money there, particularly mafia-oriented businesses that own big casinos, but also the sugar industry and so on and so forth. And when Castro came in, he kicked them all out. So uh, there was no more room for U.S. business. China, on the other hand, has welcomed U.S. business. And, you know, we know that uh, a lot of China's 30-year, uh, uh, 10% a year growth uh, as a result of its of the fact that Americans built factories there or, or supported the building of factories there. And, and you know, companies like Microsoft and Apple and, and uh, so many others, the high-tech industry and, and other industries uh, worked with, with China and China welcomed U.S. dollars and U.S. business. That, that's the difference. So that's a good commie. Yeah, that's a good commie, one that support, <laughs> supports American capitalism, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, we saw the same thing. We saw in, in, in Chile, I mentioned earlier, where we had a democratically elected uh, President Salvador Allende. And, and he said, well, we're not going to let the U.S. corporations exploit us anymore. You know, we're going to we're going to increase minimum wages. We're going to do a lot of things. We're going to nationalize some of the businesses where foreign companies, U.S. companies that are making tremendous profits off our people. And so we replaced him with Pinochet, who, uh, you know, was a brutal dictator, but supported U.S. corporations. And so that's that's the factor. It's will uh, will a country be, be kind to U.S. corporations and invite them in and support them and give them tax breaks and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's a it's a fascinating world from that standpoint. And again, once again, where, you know, here we're seeing that uh, China is just doing a, a better job of that than than we did, because we ended up pissing off a lot of people. You know, I like to say that I had an easy job, Carrie, because I could go in and I could say to the president of a company, hey, in this hand, I've got a few billion dollars. 
for you and your people. I'm, we're going to build big infrastructure projects. You and your family and your friends, you own the industries. You own the big businesses. You're going to benefit from better electricity, more reliable electricity, better roads and highways and ports and airports and so on and so forth. So take this loan and you're going to put your people into tremendous debt that they'll never get out of. And we'll exploit your resources, but you'll make a lot of money, you and your friends. But if you don't do it, and this had I got a gun. And, you know, I didn't actually have the gun, but I knew that right behind me were people we called jackals who or CIA assets for the most part, who overthrow governments or assassinate their leaders. And, and Chile, again, is a great example. How, how That's exactly what happened there. It's what happened in Iran with, with Mossadegh. It's what happened in, in the Congo with Lumumba and in Vietnam with, with uh, Ziem. And it's happened more recently in 2009 in Honduras with President Zelaya. So, you know, that doesn't make friends, though. You know, it may make friends with the government that we've installed for a period of time, but at some point that backfires. And that's what we're seeing today, as I mentioned, with the lithium triangle, where it's backfired with Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia, and they're now turning to China. It's happened in, in, in Ecuador, where Ecuador, Ecuador has tremendous amounts of oil, cobalt, copper, gold, things that need to be part of the the green economy and, and China's taken over and partly because there's a tremendous amount of resentment about the uh, exploitation of those resources by US corporations. And we're seeing it throughout Africa and throughout so much of the world. And, you know, as a, I'm a, I'm a very loyal American. Uh, my family fought in the American Revolution. I and, too. And I, yeah, I want to see us do better. I mean, we've we, been some big mistakes. We we deserve better. We can do better. We should do better. And better means setting an example for the world, including for China, that we can look to the long term. We can look to developing a green economy. We can be a leader in that. And I think we've been moving in that direction. I know we've been moving in that direction. The idea of conscious capitalism, the Green New Deal, benefit corporations, all the incredible advances that have been made in solar and wind and, and other technologies that, that, that get us electric cars that get us out of uh, fossil fuels. So that's the that's that's the hope for the future. It's the hope for the future of the United States as a le leader in the world. And it's also the hope for the future for future generations to to survive on a planet that they'll want to live on. Uh, John Perkins, I was in an airport yesterday and United Airlines had a giant poster on the wall showing one of their electric airplanes. It was a real airplane with live humans in it, uh, completely electric by 2026. That's like two or three years from now. Um, and it wasn't a fantasy because I looked at it and I said, I rubbed my chin. I said, Jesus, that's cool. So they mean it. And even if it's greed as a motivator, like, we're only going to survive if we do this fine. You know, it's it's reality. So at least they accept it. In fact, I think a lot of corporations accept climate change because pretending it's not there means their customers all die and go away. And that's not really a great way to run a business. So I want to thank you and laud you for having written this third edition, this extensively updated Confessions of an Economic Hitman, third edition, featuring 12 new chapters, including a new introduction, a new preface, and a, my favorite part, study guide. 
The book brings the story of economic hitmen up to date, focuses on China's economic hitmen strategy and how you and I relate, how it overlaps in our regular lives, how we can survive and flourish. And it's a simple donation to KPFK, $100 at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, $100 donation. And you get John Perkins' signed book, third edition. This is a guy 70 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, translated into 35 different languages because it is the seminal study guide. It is the prince of today's world because he was somewhat unprincely for a while, but he reversed that and became something different and is now out there wielding his sword on the, for the betterment of humankind. That's a man of bravery. That's a man who is rethought. That is a rethought hero, and that's why he's here right here right now. 818-985-5735, donation to KPFK. You get this signed book by John Perkins, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, third edition. We're going to make sure you get that. Carrie Harrison here with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Make sure you go to RethinkingHeroes.com. Get your free discount card so that you can get up to 90% off your medications. Good at 65,000 drugstores across the country. You are already paying tens of thousands a year just to have the pleasure of medical insurance, which has nothing to do with if you actually need it or use it. This is a way where you can save thousands a year, uh, thousands of dollars a year, potentially just on the medications alone. You deserve it. And we deserve to have you as a listener and you deserve to have us find ways to pay you back while you support KPFK. $100 donation right now, 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. You get John Perkins' book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, third edition featuring 12 new chapters, including that new introduction, that new preface, that study guide, bringing the story of economic hitmen up to date, focusing on China's economic hitmen strategy and how it affects you, how it affects me. If you do have any money in the stock market, you probably want to know in which direction it's going to go. Well, that study guide is going to be useful to you. John Perkins, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for down the road. We're going to be able to talk about your webinars and your subscription audios and cool stuff. Nobody on the planet is going to get anywhere else. And I can't wait for that either. Thank you for coming on KPFK today. You're welcome. My name is, it's my pleasure. I deeply, deeply appreciate what you do, Carrie. Thank you for doing what you do. And I'm so happy to, to support it in any way I can. All right. Well, thank you so much. Again, final shout out, 818-985-KPFK, $100 pledge, gets you the radio station and the signed book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, third edition, 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. <laughs>